uh, Sarah, thanks for joining us on the uh, on the podcast today. It is a pleasure to have you on board. Um, we've known each other for a long time, uh, and you're someone I wanted to kind of get on the podcast for a while because you're coming at this from a different angle than the, some of the other guests we have. So, you know, I know this is a marketing podcast, but we tend to be fairly generic. But, you know, your speciality is operations and recruitment operations. Um, and that does that does kind of fit into marketing. But it's something else that I think a lot of our listeners are really kind of interested in knowing how to kind of, you know, you know navigate through at the minute. You know, and that's, and as, as I said, that's your speciality. So from a, a recruitment operations standpoint, you know, we are, we're in a really weird time. And so what's the kind of advice you would be giving to recruiters to do something they can be doing right now um, and to kind of get things kind of to set them up for the future? So I think that what you have to start with is, you know, a lot of operational people, if they're embedded in a recruitment SME, then they will be very used to having to be part of risk assessing and project managing. So those two things really come to the forefront here because you have to look at going back to work and what that's going to look like as a physical space. And historically, people have worked in environments where they look at risk and project managing that in terms of, you know, IT failure or building Mm -hmm. failure. So this is unprecedented in, in as much as your people are going to be your biggest risk and managing their path into work is as uh, much your responsibility now as you know it ever ever would have been so you have to consider all the contact that people obviously you know embark upon on their journeys into work so you really have to think about it from that that point onwards and that physical walkthrough of somebody's journey has to start with gathering data on what your you know workforce actually does um you know bringing them back into work if you work in a graduate recruitment model you know a lot of those guys might have been with their parents for lockdown so what is their plan to come back into the office regardless of what that looks like whether that's two days a week whether you are thinking about rotor systems staggered timing all of those things you know, will people completely think about the way that they journey into work in a different way? Because if you get on a tube or a tram into work, you know, you can encounter about 100 people. How do you get that down to five when, you know, which is, you know, a more manageable number and more safe, according to, you know, what we're sort of told, um, when they're journeying into work? And then, you know, when people are, when you're gathering that data, you need to then be looking at where your staff can come from in as much as does that determine what your rotor then looks like. Um, if you have permanent temp teams, you might split that in two. And you might say, we'll have temp teams in for two days a week, then a perm team the following week. Um, and we'll start to work on that basis. And you start to divide according to that data that you get from your workforce. And that's the real starting point. And so and so, um, how do you even go about collecting that? Because if you're, I mean, you know, you know, where does that sit within the business? I mean, that's obviously operational, but... Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, it seems like a huge task because you've got so many variables, you know. In there. Yes, absolutely, and I think that's why collecting the data is 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 about you know you being seen to be aware of risk and trying to manage that as best you can. So again, if you're uh, a naught to twenty recruitment company, you don't necessarily have a HR manager. You might just have that ops manager. So that person needs to be tasked with 
you know, clear data gathering from all the people. You know, everybody, everybody should be giving you that information at this point before you even think about opening the office. And actually, my my piece that I wrote was about thinking about that ahead of the government guidance because that was something you could start to do at that point. Because I think at the start of the lockdown, the question was simply, can you work from home or not, and can we go up and running? And that's where the interactions start. But this is the next phase. So, you know, gathering that data, do you have people with families? Do you have people with, you know, additional need uh, outside of their own individual situation? So you have to gather that data because it's it's it really important because it determines what patterns you decide on. Yeah. And I think that, you know, recruitment as an industry historically has never embraced working from home like other corporations do because the desk interaction and the the vibe and the candidate interaction that you have to have and you know KPI management and your team leaders and things like that you know that's been an integral part of being in a recruitment firm so you now have to look at that in a completely different way because you're relying on people um you know having to work under their own steam so that conversation is going to come up more and more and do you think um, it's you know, interesting, it's work interesting. from home more as recruiters and that that point about I suppose that's a kind of um the point about kind of working from home for recruiters and you think that's uh, that's obviously a trust issue you know that's something that kind of maybe as a as an industry we've never really kind of hit mm. head on and, and again this this feeds into things that we've talked about on the podcast before about maybe the reputation of the industry yes. <laughs> is a little bit um, secondhand car salesman um, uh, but interesting one of the things I've noticed a lot since we've been on lockdown and since we've been going, going through this is everybody seems to actually be doing pretty well at working from home. Um, yeah. And that has been, and why we haven't really kind of done this before is, is crazy. So this kind of feeds into your point, but maybe why we haven't done it before is I think, you know, people are just been too afraid to do it. You know, they think that they're just, yeah. that people are just either just going to take the piss when they're at home or maybe yeah. be less efficient or that they can't, they don't have the oversight on them that they have, mm-hmm when they're in the office yeah um, they can't see they can't look at their office and say all oh, that person's over there has picked up the picked up the phone five times in the last hour yeah. or how many times yeah. you know what I mean and give them yeah. a bollocking or not um yeah. you can't yeah. really do that at home um so that's that's and that, that fits into you know the, the reputation of the industry and the KPI conversation because yeah. you know, it's always been a very KPI-led industry to be able to predict you know what your pipelines will be and and you know companies have used it in that way but they've also used it as a bit of a stick to beat their consultants with so where you are in your journey of KPI maturity is I think quite it's because you there, there are lots of companies that don't keep to that you know old school KPI you know first interviews how many calls have you made how many contacts have you added um, you know, they are moving on from that, but some people are still firmly embedded in that. Yeah. It does give them data to evaluate people. And, and that's, you know, how we have to work. Everyone has to. So when you're working from home as a recruitment consultant now, the KPI is sort of different because you are having to, you know, use that data to manage your staff, but it can be quite reactive. And in situ, people you know, team leaders, sales directors will have been working the floor to make sure those numbers are always nice and high. So it's a proactive stance rather than just looking at them at the end of the week, you know, because you don't see the floor in the same way. Um, And, you know, you're 
obviously, you know, other people have referred to, you know, how much the job uh, vacancies have gone down. So there is a natural, you know, decline in that. So how does a recruitment consultant survive? Mm. KPIs are high, you know, have they been accordingly adjusted? So that whole piece comes into it as well and how you work with your CRM in this period. So I think that operationally, you know, going back to your point about what do you do right now is is also that assess how well, you know, your management of your staff in this period with data has worked and whether you can honestly have that conversation. I can see it also a, a, a potential issue there is with when you've got people working from home and then they come back into the office and then they go back to work home. So if you've got people in part time, mm-hmm. you know, KPIs are going to shift, aren't they? They're going to be weird. So you're going to have like almost in office yeah. KPIs and at home KPIs. Yeah. You're going to peak some troughs. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's um, and I, you know, I think that, that, you know, as I say, we've always been led by data when we assess people um, and you're right, you know, it's going to change. Has it, has it been changed in this period? Have people adjusted their KPIs down or the, any measurement, any mm. measurement down to account for the job decline? Um, and I think going forward, you know, the use of your CRM and, and possibly in this period, people have really looked at it and go, you know, again, are we using it optimally? Are we yeah. really, really, you know, looking at what's being done uh, from a workflow perspective? Do people have concrete workflows that once they go home, they constantly feel supported by? Um, is our system optimized to give them a nice, clear workflow so that we're removing any barriers for them to be successful? Yeah. I think that's been something that I've talked to people in this period about is, are their workflows streamlined enough? Is their CRM optimised enough? Yeah. Um, because it's the only tangible they have in this period. Um, that kind of brings us on nicely to uh, kind of you know, forward planning, basically. So let's, let's position ourselves that we are now a couple of months down the line and hopefully things are not necessarily normal, but have kind of reached a point where people are going back into the office or working from home, they go back to the office and doing this kind of these shift patterns possibly. Mm. Um, but that then is the, and I hate the term, the new normal yeah. for, the ne- for, the next, for the next year and a half, let's say, until, until we've, everyone has been vaccinated, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You mm. know, that's your next planning stage, right? So where do you go from there? From operationally, you know, what's, what's the plan at that point? Yeah, so I think that in this period, you know, if you're doing what I would, you know, what I refer to as the physical walkthrough from the moment you, you gather, you've gathered all your data, you've got all your workforce data, you know roughly what those patterns are going to look like. People start to come in, people start to, um, you know, use the office in a way that is different, you know, social distancing, you know, there's a huge supply chain piece to that, you know, how do you interact with the vendors you've got, you know, how much cleaning do you have done, all of those things. So, and that either tails off as the more comfortable you become or you have to keep the pressure up to you know almost marshal it internally so it doesn't slip because the thing about when I look at how how I viewed this versus what now the government guidance is is there's all these checklists so it says to you you've got to do all of these particular things and have hand sanitizer everywhere and you know floor signage and all of that you know how do we you almost internally have to keep marshalling that mm. you know, two months, six months long because 
we are saying that the risk isn't going to go away. And in recruitment, because your people are your absolute asset and your candidates coming through the door, how do you start to look for, can we have candidates back in the office registering? Can we, you know, can we do it remotely where we're comfortable and what are our timelines for that? And that stuff is something government guidance is never going to tell you. So you are using your best endeavours all the time. And I think that this idea of duty of care for a recruitment firm, you know, if you're small and again, you don't have, you know, huge teams of HR and, you know, these people marshalling that, you know, you as a recruitment owner, it's very much down to you to be, you know, watching the ebb and flow of that and making those decisions. And that's quite arbitrary and then left to you. So I see that as something that's a huge challenge because you're still trying to run a business, trying to get it back up and running. And there are costs involved in doing all of these changes. Um, So I think, you know, managing that going forward is a huge challenge because, you know, when you start to have people coming back in a more regular pattern, you know, the risk goes up and you've got to be marshalling that. So the pressure is going to just increase. It it occurs to me that, you know, a solution to this is just not have anyone come back into the office <laughs> well and, and and this is also the thing you know if you look at you know if you you then sort of don't want to get into too many conversations about google and things like that but you know those guys have said you know absolutely the potential is you could be working from home until next year you know next june and it's as far out and recruitment isn't i don't think an industry that would be able to support that you know people don't get jobs just by video conferencing you could go through a whole process with a candidate and get to the end of the stage where it's a conditional offer and they want somebody to still come in face to face to seal the deal and that's I I don't think that's ever going to go away and I think that's human nature to want that connection so this is all well and good in this period because it's the plaster on it but it's not a future state of being And I think also for recruitment consultants, how they learn to be better as they go through their learning and development is by interacting with as many people as possible to get info, info, intel. You know, all of that doesn't stop. Um, Some recruiters are very phone based. We know that. Um, But a lot of firms, you know, rely on that, you know, physical interaction to, to make sure they've got the right fit for a role. I mean, of course, the other thing is, is, isn't this a kind of an opportunity to to just kind of like move the industry forward a little bit? Um, it is, you yeah. Know, and make sure that we, we are, you know, seen as a bit more technology kind of uh, focused and a bit more technology aware. And maybe it is a, an opportunity to, you know, get recruiters much more, comfortable on camera much more comfortable talking to clients on camera and yes. becoming experts in that in, and in making our clients more comfortable about working yeah. that way and and trying to kind of like you know guide them through this period as much as saying well you know this isn't you know from our standpoint you it is going to be near, nigh on impossible to get a candidate in front of you for that final yeah. face-to-face here is yeah. how the best way to handle it. I mean, yeah. we, lots of and there's lot, I mean, there's lots of other things about onboarding and which is kind of been going mm. around. But that yeah. I mean, I suppose from a kind of a marketing tech tech person, I see that as kind of an opportunity. Um, I, I mean, I'd, I'd you know, I, I I fear though that we may kind of regress back as soon as we kind of like yeah, it. yeah, that's but also the danger. I do think that this is probably an opportunity now to kind of really push the push the, the industry forward. Yeah, I think there's an awful lot to be said for. Um, structuring 
interviews by video, which means that they are much more focused and competency led. I think that it focuses the mind. I think it stops you going off on tangents. I think you end up, you know, not having the conversation about, you know, would I go to the, if we think about internal recruitment, you know, interviews, you know, hiring recruiters, do we want to go to the pub with them? You know, it focuses the mind. So does our video interview strategy change for the better? And there are lots of platforms that now have been pushing video interviewing um, in the recruitment sector and are now seeing absolute fruit from that because it's a need. But that's, that would be what, you know, again, when you're, you're partnering with people like that, that's what you should be looking at, you know, is how much more structured can we be about our interviews? Because it, it just, it, somehow the dynamic changes when you're video calling and it does focus the mind a lot yeah. more. So we will see lots more tech investment, I think. Um, and I think people will be asking more of their CRMs, um, such as they did with GDPR, for example, um, or even with the IR35 changes that were due in April. You know, that focused the mind because, you know, recruitment isn't regulated. So therefore, the standards are always up to the individual recruitment owner. So again, you know, does this change working practices for the better? Because they'll be looking at them in a completely different way because they'll need that data to make informed decisions as to whether their investment is correct um, and whether putting, you know, the right, you know, things in the right pots, but also productivity for their staff. You know, are my staff productive? So does the KPI then become, you know, is there a measure of productivity from that tech? rather than just the old standard KPIs, you know, of yeah. you know, putting extra things on the system. I mean, that's, again, that leads us into the next kind of kind of <laughs> part that I wanted to kind of talk about, because I know another area that you are kind of, um, you, you're hot on is kind of the automation piece. Um, and it would be really good to kind of get your thoughts on, on how that fits into the kind of uh, recruitment operations kind of area, you know, possibly even kind of examples of where that may well, or how that could really be beneficial right now and in the future, you know, that I think is really interesting. So I've worked with a number of clients over the last 12 months, looking at how their operational teams fit into sales process and how they optimize that. And the ways in which we, you know, perform that analysis is to start very easy with a walkthrough and a workflow analysis and you're looking at how much manual intervention is in those processes so if you take a temp team and you look at how they process a temporary candidate right through to that person being paid you know there are a number of steps through that so you have to actively you know go through that process and ask yourself the question all the time why are we doing it this way and so from those workflows, what you find is that there is so much manual intervention. It can be consultant memory. It can be, I need to send out, you know, an invitation to 10 people in my firm to let them know that this candidate is starting and they have a number of tasks to perform while that candidate is being onboarded. So, okay, if we're relying on that, why are we not relying on our CRM to automate a lot of that information out? So everyone has their individual parts to play, but nobody's relying on somebody remembering to send that email yesterday yeah. or last night as they were leaving the office. And I think that's been something that people have wanted to work on in this period because it evidences communication is such that 
you know, if we're Zooming all the time, that's fine. But to actually move business forward and to be able to automate tasks for everyone to know exactly what they're doing at any given time is much more important because you have to leave it, you know, as a line in the sand to be able to say people are achieving those things. And then you go into the idea of productivity again. So automating your workflows as much as possible with the tech that you have, you know, enables the margin for error goes down significantly. And if you think about candidates working and job hunting now, so much of that is done, you know, in a, you know, on a train on a way home or, mm-hmm. you know, so you have to be constantly able to communicate via tech so that there is no margin for error. And I think that that has gone up in this period and people have really looked at those processes internally and said, you know, uh, is this working for us? Are we doing all the right steps? Because you can go through a whole workflow of placing a candidate from A to B and a CRM and finally you've got 20 steps. So how do we get that down to 10? Yeah. How do we get that to your system? And and your IP has to stay in your CRM because that's the most valuable place for it, not in your consultant's heads. <laughs> so you know it's that element as well because you know you can't sell Outlook mailboxes to potential investors, you can sell a really robust, well-documented chronological CRM to an investor. So. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for that, Sarah. That was amazing. I mean, that, um, you know, anyone who's listening in who's running the kind of a, a small kind of or an SME recruitment agency, that is kind of gold dust, basically, at this point, because this now, this, this, this kind of plans out what they should be doing for the next kind of couple of months. Um, uh, hopefully they won't have too much time on their hands, but you know this is how they should be kind of operating at this point. And the stuff around kind of getting people back in the office or not back in the office. Mm-hmm. Again, you can imagine that you know every every kind of small recruitment firm is just considering that right now. How do we go about that? Should we be doing it? How do we go about that? Um, if anybody wants to get in contact with you, what I will do, I'll, your details will be at the uh, in, in the podcast kind of um, little blurb. Uh, so they can kind of contact you. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to add value to a lot of our listeners out there. So, again, thank you for joining us today. And um, hopefully we can speak in soon. Yes. No, that's great. Thank you, James. Thanks for having me. Marketing Rules Podcast is a Thinking Circles production.